welcome to Chefs Without Restaurants. I'm your host, Chris Spear. On the show, I speak with culinary entrepreneurs and people working in the food and beverage industry outside of a traditional restaurant setting. As many of you know, I started Chefs Without Restaurants to help people grow their food businesses. Because I've been working as a personal chef for 11 years now, I have a lot of firsthand knowledge about what you can do to grow a personal chef business. I was recently interviewed by Mies for their blog about some do's and don'ts of the personal chef business. If you're not familiar with Mies, they're an online tool that lets you digitize all of your recipes and keep them in one place. You can easily scale the recipes up and down, cost them out, and even share them with your team or customers. Mies founder Josh Sharkey was on the podcast last year, and at the end of the episode, you're going to learn more about Mies. As much as I love doing the long-form podcast episodes, I think there's a lot of value in doing the short and punchy, informative episodes. This week, I'm going to share what I consider the do's and don'ts of being a successful personal chef. In just a couple of minutes, I'll be able to tell you some of the things that worked really well for me, and some of the things I think maybe you should avoid. I'd love your feedback on this episode. Did you find it informative? What did I miss? What other questions do you have? Hit me up on Instagram at Chefs Without Restaurants or send me an email at chefswithoutrestaurants at gmail.com. But I'm getting ahead of myself because you haven't even heard the episode yet. So let's get into that. I started my personal chef business, Perfect Little Bites, 11 years ago with the goal of bringing the fine dining experience into the customer's home. I bring everything with me, china, linens, cooking equipment, and cook the food on site, oftentimes doing culinary instruction as I go. In a lot of ways, I'm an entertainer. It took me several years to figure out my process and build up momentum enough to become a personal chef full-time. I found my footing and have even built this community of like-minded industry experts and culinary entrepreneurs. From costing to scaling and planning, as you can imagine, being a successful personal chef has a lot of challenges. People are always asking me for some tips on how to start a personal chef business. So here's a few things I recommend as you start your journey. Practice with friends and family. To become a personal chef, the first thing you need to do is get out there and practice. Cooking in your home or at a restaurant is so different from cooking in other people's houses. Find a neighbor, a relative, or someone who has an anniversary or birthday and just offer to cook for them. You can do it at cost, maybe even make a profit, but just get out there and try it. It could be as simple as a two-course dinner to see what it's like to take all of your stuff into someone's house and cook on a stove you're unfamiliar with. You also need to understand how you cook with people talking to you and watching. Not everyone has worked in open kitchens, and a lot of us don't have any experience interacting with customers while we're cooking. You have to be able to deal with whatever comes your way, whether that's a dog or a kid running through the kitchen, having five things cooking at once, or people asking you a whole bunch of questions. You can't just think, I'm a chef, I make food, and it'll go fine cooking in someone's house. Don't focus only on the food. As a personal chef, you've been hired for more than just your food. You need to think about what that experience is going to look like overall. For a lot of chefs, this is really hard to accept. You have to let go of some of your ego to be successful. When I was starting out, I told myself I wouldn't make some things like chicken parm. I don't know why I'm always dogging on chicken parm, but, you know, it's a good dish, but uh, it seems a little mundane to me. But if it's a client's favorite dish, why should my personal bias get in the way? You're a chef, and you can do a great job of it. Why not make the best chicken parmesan they've ever had? Ask for reviews early on. Once you start booking clients, reviews are super important. A lot of my customers today tell me that they went to Google and picked me because I'm the top-reviewed chef in the area. People love social proof. When a potential client reads about the positive experience you provide, they want to experience it too. 
because only about 25% of people actually write up reviews, make sure you ask everyone you can as early as you can. This is especially important when you're doing those trial dinners. Have your friends and family write reviews. Not fake ones, but that's why you should be cooking for them. Get them to write a review. Make that part of the deal, especially if you're going to be cooking for free for them. I pride myself on the fact that I have exclusively five-star reviews on every platform. Google, Yelp, Facebook. It can feel like a lot to repeatedly ask for reviews, but being persistent can help your business grow significantly. Make it easy for the customer by sending a thank you email with links to where they can leave that review. Don't underestimate the power of a network. A lot of personal chefs come from big operations where you have a lot of people to bounce ideas off of and work with. When you start your own business, especially a personal chef business, you often don't have anyone. Most of us are a small team, if not just one person. Since we're doing everything, including business development, having a stream of referrals can really help out. If you're booked on a Friday night, but someone wants to hire you on that same day, it's great to have another chef you can recommend. Not only will your prospect be grateful, but your referrer might pay it forward later on. This has been huge for me. Being a personal chef is much easier if you have people to lean on who know what you're going through. Even a network of just four chefs in your local community can be a huge help. You're not only sharing job opportunities, but resources, advice, best practices. I think you know this, but it's why I started Chefs Without Restaurants in the first place. Work with vacation rentals. I did a whole podcast on this and have talked about it over and over, but I would say it's one of the biggest business drivers for me. Working with vacation rentals like Airbnb has been huge. It probably accounts for about 80% of my business these days. Reach out to the owners and operators of vacation rentals, not Airbnb directly, and ask them if they'll pass on your contact info to upcoming guests. So make it easier for these owners and operators and put together a media kit, uh, you know, like maybe a PDF that they can share as part of the welcome package. And this podcast episode that I did, I'll link it in the show notes so you can listen to it. Don't rely solely on a recipe journal or binder. This is where Mies comes in. As a personal chef, it just makes sense for your recipes to live in a digital format. You're always somewhere new and can't risk leaving a notebook or binder at home. I find Mies to be the most dependable, professional recipe tool out there. Being able to take my recipes in my pocket everywhere I go has been huge. So here are four ways I use Mies as a personal chef. Number one, sharing. Some clients ask me to send them recipes. This is easy to do with Mies. I can just pull up the recipe on my phone, type in their email, and share a link with them instantly. This is also really helpful when I'm planning a cooking lesson at a client's home or working with freelancers. Instead of printing out recipe packets for everyone, I can just email them a Mies recipe. Number two, scaling. Mies comes in really handy when you have to create a recipe for an odd number of guests. All you have to do is put in how many people you're cooking for, and it scales the recipe exactly. That means I can leave a house with little to no food waste, whether I'm cooking for 5 or 25 people. Number 3. Organization As a personal chef, you're at someone else's house, not a commercial kitchen or your own place. Previously, I'd bring a little manila folder with all these paper recipes. Keeping them organized was hard, plus they often weren't scaled or converted. Now I can just bring a tablet or my iPhone, pull up the recipe in Mies, and get started. And number 4 is search. As personal chefs, our menus change every day, and sometimes you make a dish, prep too much, and have to use an ingredient by the next day or two. For example, I do an apple fennel celery salad and almost always have shredded fennel left over. With Mies, all I have to do is type fennel into the tool and it'll pull up all the recipes with fennel listed as an ingredient. It's a great way to create specials. And a quick tip, if you're an iPhone user, with the latest iPhone update, recipe importing is even easier. All you have to do is take a photo of your recipe, Click on the recipe text and copy and paste it into Mies. Those recipes can be imported in minutes without any real manual labor required. 
Being a personal chef's an extremely rewarding career choice if you have a passion for cooking and entertaining. Like I mentioned before, dipping your toes in is a good first step. Cook for friends, family, or people you know to get a feel for this experience. I hope this episode was helpful. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments you have. And if you want to check out Mies for yourself, go to getmies.com forward slash CWR. That's G-E-T-M-E-E-Z dot com forward slash CWR. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week. Go to chefswithoutrestaurants.org to find our Facebook group, mailing list, and chef database. The community's free to join. You'll get gig opportunities, advice on building and growing your business, and you'll never miss an episode of our podcast. Have a great week.